0: Back to my mentor and I sitting there at the Mexican restaurant and goes, why don't you write an op order? And it's like,
1: bing. Mm.
0: And so I had already been through EBV at that point. And so what I did is I took their curriculum because it talks the nuts and bolts of great business plans. That's their curriculum. It came out of a consortium of entrepreneurs. So I took the curriculum and I applied that directly in, I took their curriculum and I applied that along with five paragraphs. And really this had been done before in other capacities. Like somebody else had already taken essentially what is the op order and tried to apply it to business. I'll put it to you like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they had already taken the operations order process and in the Ivy league schools, And throughout, right, with all of their competitors, and I know this for a fact because the op order is written in numerous collegiate thesis universities, and they take the op order, and frankly, they do a bastardization of it in order to try to make it fit into business, and it doesn't work. Because the trick is you have to take the op order and plug in the business stuff where it belongs,
1: Well, hello, and welcome back to the Small Business Startup Essentials podcast, where we dive into the topics of starting your own online personal brand business. Maybe money's tight and you'd like to have an additional income stream. Maybe you're making a later in life pivot and you'd like to try your hand at monetizing your expertise. Look, whatever your reason for tuning in, welcome. But now let's get right into this episode. friends today i have with me someone i find very interesting that i came across on my favorite platform linkedin michael j penny michael penny is a proven battle tested leader he's a combat veteran of iraq and afghanistan he served in the united states marine corps for 8 years through two wars but then in march of 2016 he presented at the tedx at raleigh in north carolina with the topic of what's your ied how to add value during life's explosive situations it combines military and personal experiences in an effort to bridge the lives of veterans and civilians he's also the founder of fiveparagraph.com where he uses his military training and skill sets to help small to medium-sized businesses improve their workforce efficiencies through better leadership. Now, you can see Michael doing a multi-stream live reading of a classic book from time to time, or when he's just trying to make the world a better place and discuss a topic that he's passionate about. Now, I'll put the links in the show notes for you, but you can go to fiveparagraph.com to see his training or coaching information there. That's fiveparagraph.com with the number five. Michael, thanks for being with us today.
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Michael, I come from a military family background, but I've never served in the military. And I'm always fascinated with the transition that, that you have out of the military and into Uh, the business uh, workforce, uh, per se, because that's my realm, is the small business realm. Uh, And I've talked to people from time to time that want to talk to me about that transition. But maybe you can help me to have some better insight on how I can help them better in the future. Like, you know, fill us in as far as how you went through that transfer that transition out of the military
0: sure yeah well and thank you tom for giving me the opportunity to do so this is something that a lot of our civilian counterpart on the outside we veterans are coming out into the civilian world as veterans and so we have this new identity that we've assumed right so we're leaving the military having done whatever we've done in any capacity, whatever job that is, and we've assumed that role and that identity from boot camp and initial recruit training all the way through until the day we take our uniform off and then come back out. And then we're done with our military service. Uh, Very few of us still have the ability to kind of permeate back into and see our brethren at work and doing that type of stuff but that's why a great many military wind up staying in and around the club so to speak as far as spilling out the back gate and transitioning that way so uh assuming this new identity and i call it essentially like second staging or going into that next stage whatever uh so it's difficult assuming this new identity of veteranhood, and that's something to where people say, hey, man, what's it like transitioning back into a civilian? You know what? I don't know. I transitioned out of military into a veteran, whether I served in only a short capacity or in eight years my, in my uh, life, I served in between 2004 and 2012. And so when I got out, I entered into veteranhood, and it was a whole other different thing. Because in veteranhood, I realized that there were all of these other different veterans from different walks of life who had done their military service, had their different military occupational specialties, their jobs, essentially, in military. And now I got to learn what they were doing during that time frame and where we were. And so I threw myself into these experiences in order to do exactly that. So that was that's the first key takeaway for anybody who's transitioning out of whatever that previous identity that you've been wearing. In this case, the military. Put yourself into what is that next mission that you're looking to be able to do? For mine, it was entrepreneurship.
1: Right, and and uh, from from what I gather, uh, it can be. S- a, a, a real struggle to know where to land once you're out though right i mean um, you know you you, you know the date is coming and you know you know you you're, you're going to be decommissioned and uh, fr- from what i hear they they have all these ideas you know like f- they're flooded with ideas right and how does how did you sort of work through with, with all of that? Like, was, did that happen to you? Did you have all these, you know, ideas and plans and, and goals and dreams? And, but yet, but yet, you know, now once you're out, it's, it's a very different sort of realm, right? A very different world, right? How did you work through that?
0: Most definitely. So did I set goals? Absolutely. I did. Uh, I, I had created a product while I was in the Marine Corps and I had, Uh, It snail mailed graph paper home to a patent attorney and gotten a provisional patent. So when I came back, that was one of the things that I wanted to pursue. So I was going to night school while I was on active duty using tuition assistance. To go and and kind of get back into academia, so to speak, because I was very certification laden, right? So in the military on the enlisted side coming straight out of high school, everything's based on certifications. And so those certs equal what is your military occupational specialty. And so you can have secondary MOSs because you're certified to be able to, to practice within that area. So for me, I was a mortarman by trade, in 341, an infantryman. And then I picked up the secondary MOSs of 0933 and 0931, which is combat marksmanship coach and combat marksmanship trainer. So I wanted to essentially make what was a mere copy, like a civilian copy of myself and my background out in the civilian world. So I started doing NRA, uh, all of the different stuff, rifle, pistol, shotgun. I also am muzzle-loading, rifle, pistol, and shotgun certified. And then as I was progressing through that and training people and learning the ropes in it, I realized that I couldn't actually apply everything that I know while using the NRA moniker due to liability and such. And so along the way, I eventually allowed those certifications to drop. So anyway, yes, in my own unique transition out, I had plenty of ideas. I originally wanted to go to school for engineering as an inventor and then be able to license products out there. So that way they would be taken to market under different company names. That was the original idea I had. Uh, I left the Marine Corps May 12th of 2012. I drove from Camp Pendleton out the Fallbrook Gate across country to Boston. Uh, Four days later, I was in a college classroom studying engineering. And then along the way and talking to fellow veterans and uh, some of the advisors over there, I thought, you know what, I'm going to instead study entrepreneurship and even more so with a focused word executive communication. Hmm. And so that's really where my talent lies because I learned how to be able to produce classes while I was in the Marine Corps, produce certifying courses, create curriculum, and then educate people to a standard. But then also, I understood within the management realm because of my military background my special operations training group background and police advisor team and working with fellow marines and corpsmen in order to you know partner with local national forces all of these things parlayed into what is my
1: current career so good good so now you said you had some advisors when you were in boston was that through the college or um through other military connections that you so
0: at first what i did is the traditional thing and worked with the advisors i went to school at umass boston and i went there specifically because they have a venture development center that is amazing at least it was at the time i haven't been back there in years but um it is a place uh where I wanted to seek out, first of all, it's the only yellow ribbon school that's in city limits in Boston. So that's the second reason why I went there. It's a place full of blue collar, come out of that type of background, and then wind up being very successful, right? Either going the executive route or being entrepreneurs with successful merger acquisitions. Uh, So there were many mentors, that I had sought out through their faculty. So yes, I went to the advisors that were there. The advisors were trying to steer me around and you know, bless their heart, they were doing their best, but they didn't know what to do with a highly motivated 26-year-old Marine Corps combat veteran freshman. They just, they're like, I don't know, man, you're going to have to go over to the veteran club and try to see what you can get over there. And then what I did is I went over to the Venture Development Center and I got in front of the entrepreneurship development team that's over there. And they're all entrepreneurs who have done this successfully. They they either had successful exits or it was merge, acquisition, whatever. Uh, they did turn around some of them. Some of them, they came in for growth models and stuff. So it was, it was a great place for learning. Uh, so that was a lot of the advisors that I was seeking mentorship from. And then eventually they would be You know, full blown mentors. But then outside of that school, like I would go over to Tufts, BU, Boston College, MIT, Harvard. I would every once in a while I would go over to Harvard just so that I could do like a survey course to where you don't have to pay for it, but you're not really gonna get any credit for it, right? You're just kind of the dude that's in the back. Uh Mm -hmm. I needed to do that to disillusion me to what Harvard was you know what mm-hmm. i mean like i would mm-hmm. go in and i would see some of these different places and i'm like look to to talk just a little bit of smack the level of of ambition and lesson learned and all of this other stuff in the marine corps when when you see marines that actually care is heads and shoulders higher mm-hmm. than even the most ambitious ivy league students It is shocking (laughs) seeing Marines who truly care about their job in comparison to some of the people that come sloshing into these courses. And I'm like, okay, that that really took away what was that initial veneer of like, okay, you know, like going into State Street, going into John Hancock, going into these places and experiencing them firsthand. So that way I could kind of take away some of that intimidation within the business world. Uh, Mm -hmm. so that definitely, that's a little bit of foreshadow of what would eventually come later on. Cause I started pitching like when I, Mm -hmm. when I came up with my first ever idea, like I said, I had a provisional patent by the time I got in. So my advisors are saying, well, you already had this provisional and you want to take it to market and everything. And I created this, uh, this magazine insert Glen and storage. And this Mm -hmm. is off the shelves right now because I took it to market and everything. And eventually the team and the management and the investment funds and everything around it is what failed. That's what I didn't understand at first. Mm -hmm. Right. So the big Mm -hmm. lesson learned was going out and pitching. And I went uh, huge props to SBA right? Small business administration. You put out the free template. That's why we have the free template on five paragraph. I can get a free template on SBA. You can get a free template on five paragraph. Just scroll down to the bottom you can get a free template. But you fill it out and you go and you pitch or whatever. So I went on SBA.gov. I filled out a template. Uh, I was filling it out per what I was learning in school, studying all of these different things in entrepreneurship, 465 sales and marketing, different stuff. I was getting waivers into these courses. I was inviting professors out to lunch from different universities. And then slowly I would like migrate my notes up onto the table. They're like, what (laughs) is this? Is this office (laughs) hours? And I'm like, "Uh, uh, like, yeah, sorry. I just really wanted to know. I'd sorry. And they're like, no, if, if I had half my students actually care about, you know, what they're learning this much, you know then the world would be a better place that kind of stuff and mm. i heard that more
1: <laughs>
0: yeah you know, so it's like the motivation to want to learn yeah yeah
1: so you you had a patent and uh you had a you have a product uh, it didn't work out um uh, but uh, what did you uh, tell us about the timeline after that okay so
0: i wind up um i have a good product i have you know, good stuff, whatever. And I had applied for this thing called the entrepreneurship boot camp for veterans. And it's part of the Institute of Veterans and Military Families. And it's headquartered out of Syracuse, New York. And so I applied for it. You go through this interview process and stuff. So I think it's open to other veterans at the time. It was post nine eleven. Uh so I was going in and um with a company that had already failed and basically what i needed to do was put together a pitch uh for this thing at the end right without giving any spoiler alerts you do a blind pitch right and so i went through it and i pitched my product and i took most outstanding venture with a failed company and at the time it was like extraordinary and extraordinarily depressing i'll put it to you that way because the company had already failed and I didn't really understand what it meant. My mentors were saying it we will believe in you, even though we can't necessarily do anything with your product. Right? So I'm sitting down with these other their mentors. One of them is a Marine, he's a venture capitalist, he's up in New Hampshire. We had met halfway at this Mexican restaurant north of Boston and I was chatting with him about stuff and you know, he's like eating halfway through a taco, just halfway, you know, whatever. And he's like, uh, you're a patrol leader. You're a sergeant in the Marine Corps. Why didn't you just write a five-paragraph op order? I mean, didn't you write a five-paragraph op order?
1: (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I've written
0: thousands of them. I mean, honestly, at the time, my eyes rolled. Because in the military, and I found this out later on after I had studied the five-paragraph op order, I didn't... Op orders are something that are mandatory in a very well-groomed, highly disciplined, structured unit. If you're going to operate where there's 12 of you and 80-plus of a foreign national contingent, you're going to want to back brief higher on what's going on, okay? I'm going to tell you right now. Because the odds of you dying cold, naked, alone in a hole or getting shot in the back are extremely high. In that environment. So you need to have a high level of discipline as well as a high level of autonomy in order to get the job done. You're talking about a sergeant leading sergeants, not just Mm. peers, peers that are highly intelligent and skilled operators in their own right. Oh, yeah, he's Mm. just a radio bubba. No, I don't think you understand. He literally knows everything about radios. He's not just a radio guy. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with our machine gunners. My machine gunner would whisper sweet nothings to his machine gun. Not because he's a psychopath, because he's a professional. And whenever I wanted (laughs) that thing to fire, it would fire. Right. I mean, that's who you that's who you want in charge of the machine gun. You know what I'm saying? So it's very weird going from a team of highly ingrained professionals, which, by the way, interestingly enough, you would expect some sort of like weird dichotomy inside of a team like that to where you would almost get like a prima donna due to intelligence and capability. But you're told throughout the entire process that you ain't special. Right. Mm. Okay, so. So this background, this makeup, this understanding, having to write op orders, having to give op orders to people who are your peers, to a captain who's grilling you, to a gunnery sergeant who's grilling We had two gunnery sergeants who would grill you, right? Meanwhile, I'm the hmm. chief instructor working with the Afghan Uniformed Police. Our advisors would each teach classes, and I trained our advisors to teach those classes. How do you develop curriculum? How do you provide that? Same thing, so we were... We were attached to an artillery battery, and so what we had to do is we had to train these artillerymen in op orders in the five paragraph op order, so that way they were operating on the same scheme maneuver. You're look, you're getting artillerymen, infantrymen, Afghan uniform police fixed wing and rotary wing aircraft assets those fixed wing are coming from the air force and the marine corps the rotary wing is coming from the marine corps and russian air assets and you have to Mm. coordinate all of that along with millions of dollars worth of ammunition equipment Mm. and people Mm. how do you do it five paragraph off order and so all of that Is when, you know, back to my mentor and I sitting there at the Mexican restaurant, and goes, why don't you write an op order? And it's like,
1: bing. Mm -hmm.
0: And so I had already been through EBV at that point. And so what I did is I took their curriculum because it talks the nuts and bolts of great business plans. That's their curriculum came out of a consortium of entrepreneurs. So I took the curriculum and I applied that directly in. I took their curriculum and I applied that along with five paragraphs. And really, this had been done before in other capacities. Like somebody else had already taken essentially what is the op order and tried to apply it to business. I'll put it to you like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they had already taken the operations order process and in the Ivy League schools, and throughout, right, with all of their competitors, and I know this for a fact, because the op order is written in numerous college, collegiate thesis universities, and they take the op order, and frankly, they do a bastardization of it in order to try to make it fit into business. And it doesn't work. Because mm-hmm. the trick is you have to take the op order and plug in the business stuff where it belongs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the big, huge success factor for me. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: what you've got is a five paragraph operations order process with the nuts and bolts of great business plans put into it. So all the correct business terminology. But it's written in the five paragraph operations order process. Mm. And so we apply that military management method and it works extraordinarily well. Ask me about the enemy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about that <laughs>
0: look here's the thing this is what people always want to know because they go in the military you're fighting an enemy in business you're fighting an enemy also it's the problem that lies within the heart and soul of your target customer it is the need that they have for your good product and service okay you in, in floral and wedding design no ugly weddings you can vilify that and your team will rally behind it in mm-hmm. selling medical malpractice insurance it's the problem the need associated with it you're tackling that inside of the heart of the physician that you're helping right mm-hmm. you're backing them up you've got their six right so the point being mm-hmm. is that i originally had thought that the enemy was the competition. That's where a lot of people go with it. They try mm-hmm. to do conflict in between them and a competitor. I'm sorry, that's not going to work. The competition is out there. The competition's in the mirror. What you're trying to do is be better than than past self, right? So I get it. You need to be aware of your direct competitors that are out there and your indirect competitors potentially even work alongside them. You want to know what your higher adjacent and supporting elements are that are your friendly to be able to go and conquer in that new market. That's just analyzing this situation, right? So that is exactly the number one thing. The number one thing that I get asked is enemy. And when you go in and you read the book, the book is a workbook. You fill it out as you go. There are audio tutorials on the website at fiveparagraph.com that walk you mm-hmm. through the workbook and so you go cover to cover in here and it starts with their operations order and it takes you all the way to the back where you fill out your own plan so yep so it's applying literally the military app order business
1: yeah yeah that's that's amazing it's it's a, a great example of of you know taking what you've learned and repurposing it you know i was just on uh Uh, A a Zoom call with Mark Miller uh, yesterday, you you know, very famous for being known for repurposing your your knowledge and uh, your expertise. Uh, And that's a great example of that. Why did you start the uh, the live stream events that you do?
0: Because, okay, so. I was done with school in Boston, moved down to North Carolina, and I wound up getting together with a group of fellow veterans And we created a podcast that was a dialogue-based conversational podcast between veterans. You're a fly on the wall for a veteran and a veteran conversation. And it was known as Cigars and Sea stories And it's still out there on YouTube, I want to say, and people still go and listen to it. It's the only place that it's archived as far as I know right now. Um, And we aren't monetizing any of that. That was another one of those failed business attempts that was out there. In doing so, along that path, I was contracted by Mentor Military to write this book, which is the Wear It Right manual. And so this is for active duty Marines uh, and naval personnel who are adhering to Marine Corps standards. But this, along with an accompanying tool, uh, is exactly what you need to set up your uniforms and to, uh, to quiz all of your squad when setting up your uniforms. So I had been, that that's kind of like foreshadowed, right? Hey, man, I wonder if I can publish a book. And then Mentor of Military is looking for somebody to author. And I go, yep, I'm going to learn the ropes from this on how I can mm-hmm. potentially do it. Then when I was going to come out with five paragraphs, they even said, they were like, try to self-publish first, see what the response is, and then potentially go into another medium. Mm-hmm and or create version two with us, depending on what it is, whatever. I have self-published. I went through the Kindle publishing. I know it's part of Amazon and all of that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, so the book is available on Amazon at Barnes & Noble. Mentor and Military is where they can find where, right? Honestly, I mean, if you're just looking looking up michaeljpenny.com, all of my books and everything that I've ever done is on there, even 50-word mm-hmm. short stories. So the, the point being is each one of these different kind of paths that I was going down, it's writing and it's presenting. And I told mm-hmm. you that I had this background in executive communications. Executive mm-hmm. communications is writing an op order, standing up and briefing it to your team. Yeah. And then you're mm-hmm. going to go commit yourselves to it. You're going to come back. You're going to debrief on what happened out there and then those lessons learned go up that's exactly what we apply in the military management method so when doing cigars and sea stories i had written five paragraph concurrently around the same time i had put it together and so when the book released five paragraph in 2017 cigars and sea stories was coming down to a kind of like dwindling off so we had done 300 episodes at the time. It was like a quarter million downloads. And then I uh, I was getting paid to do voice acting. So I, I portrayed Axel, which is a Marine veteran, on the, the animated series Discharged. So I had done a little bit of the voice work and stuff like that. Uh, and so I, uh, you know, having the public speaking background out of the military, I have trained over at this point, it's roughly around 50,000 personnel. Because while I was there in Quantico, it was roughly around 21,000. And then you had all the personnel in 1-5 because we were training, you know, H&S company and all of this other stuff. And then all the personnel in Afghanistan. Did I try to keep track of everything? Sure, at one point in time. And then post-military, how many people were trained in the NRA stuff? How many people I trained as far as shoot, don't shoot scenarios and other stuff like that? So that type of presentation skill set is my background, you know, and I, I wish to help leaders. Uh, it's very difficult being that member of the team. Leaders are just members of the team. And so we have to write out the plan. Those of us who are leaders know if you don't write out the plan, you're not in charge of anybody, including yourself. You have to put pen to paper, whatever. In order to articulate what is your plan to a group of people, so that way we will all carry out the mission, given your vision, what are the values that we adhere to as an organization. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that 2015, 16, 17 time frame was me trying to understand this medium and doing mm-hmm. podcasting and doing voice work and getting used to that. Around that time frames when I did my TED talk. And then. Mm -hmm. uh, Throughout that evolution. Eventually. And I never wanted to do the Michael J. Penny show. That was always like the last thing that I wanted to do. And so my team has been encouraging it. And so. I'd said. I tell you what. I'm going to do the five paragraph podcast. Which is available on Rumble. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to do. The Michael J. Penny podcast. Which is available on Rumble. And I told my audience members at the same time. And at the end of my little litmus test, we had 42 subscribers to our five-paragraph podcast. And we had over a 1,000 subscribers to the Penning Podcast. So, yeah. So, that's, that's so, how it,
1: So, the live stream was the evolution of, of your speaking and presentation skills and uh, things like that. It's sort of how things have evolved for you.
0: Yeah. It's been a wild, twisted journey.
1: <laughs> well i uh i i enjoy your live stream uh, events uh sometimes you're reading a classic book sometimes you're talking about something that's uh that you're passionate about and uh i think uh, i think they're they're definitely uh encouraging and educational and entertaining as well well michael thanks for spending some time today to to talk about you and your journey uh your your process your how things have evolved for you um what's uh, and i'm going to provide links in the show notes um so again tell us how people can get in touch with you
0: yeah so michaeljpenny.com is my own personal brand website you can go there Uh, You can click on schedule a call, as you did, actually. I mean, 30 minutes recharge, we're going to connect, you know. Uh, it's the same call to action on five paragraphs. So if you go to FiveParagraph.com, you can get the book and listen to audio tutorials. We touched a little bit foreshadow wise and what the next evolution would be. We offer the e-course so you can be certified mm-hmm. as a five paragraph practitioner through our e-course. Oh. So that bears certification. We're actually in the process right now of going through the credentialing. So that way we can offer it in the center of online learning throughout the military. So that way, uh we have military service members who are transitioning out with that. So yeah. Um so good deal. Yeah, go to fiveparagraph.com. You can schedule a call with me there as well. It starts it starts honestly with a phone call. I mean, if you're in enterprise mode, two million yep. to twenty million, you want to excel, I'm here to help you out.
1: Hey friend, thanks for listening. hope there was real value in this episode for you that keeps you motivated to move forward in your vision of having a successful online business. If you'd like to dive into these types of issues, you can go to tomclaremont.com, schedule a free 30 minute discovery call and we'll talk about your specific situation and how I can help. I'll put a link in the show notes. Friend, as always, stay encouraged Follow your dream and don't give